Welcome to Logical, the UE's first and really the only regular legal podcast live on TikTok today as well, as we will be from here on in. My name's Tim Elliott. Logical comes to you from the Dubai-based legal firm HPL Yamalava and Plethka here in JLT. And as always, here's the managing partner, Ludmilla Yamalava. Good to see you. Tim, good to see you too. And um, thanks for being here today and for embracing this new medium that we're experimenting with. But we figured it would be an interesting uh, interesting opportunity for all of those um, followers who have been with us listening to our podcast for how long has it been now? Uh, two years, oh, three almost. Do you know two what? Plus, it's it's going to be three years. Three years. Three years. Mm. We've recorded almost 200 podcasts together. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is a bit of a sneak preview behind the scenes of uh, what it is that goes on when Tim and I get together and uh, make our magic happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> or, so no, yes. no mistakes there. Yes. Just, just keep talking. They won't notice. <laughs> What I want to do today is talk about health insurance and really give an overview of health insurance because it's been a while since we've all had to have health insurance. We'll get into the details in a second. It's been mandatory in Abu Dhabi and Dubai here in the UAE for some time. I think it's worth starting there because the simple fact is if you want to get a residency here in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, in the UAE, in most cases, you have to have medical cover, don't you? Well, the short answer is yes, technically speaking. And this is because under the federal immigration law, uh, there is um, a requirement perhaps for every type of visa to, um, uh, when in terms of requirements submitted to the authorities in order to qualify and receive a visa, uh, health insurance coverage. Um, so the requirement, technically speaking, is there on the books uh, and expressly written out in the laws. However, in practical terms, from what we see so far, that's not a document that is required to be presented for most types of visa. So, for example, if you're applying for um, uh, for a golden visa uh, mm-hmm. or for um, a green visa or um, even for uh, for if you want to sponsor your family to come and visit. Uh, so there is an acknowledgement that, yes, you will be providing health insurance, but there isn't really a requirement to actually show that um, you have already obtained health insurance. Um, there is an exception exception to that, and that is uh, for employers who sponsor their employees uh, as part of the application itself. Uh, before employees uh, receive their residency permit uh, from the authorities to work for the, for that specific company, the authorities do actually require proof of health insurance. So, for example, if you work in, um, say, TCOM or DMCC or near the free zone, uh, then as a company, when you hire a new employee – uh, or even renew your employee uh, for purposes of residence visa, you need to submit to the authorities a copy of the health insurance plan or health insurance coverage. Uh, so uh, at least as far as employment is concerned, uh, there is an effective way not to uh, just uh, uh, state on the books that the law is there, but actually enforce the application of this law by virtue of actually requiring companies to present health insurance coverage proof um, prior to issuing the residence visa. Okay, and that applies to dependents. So if I come here with uh, my wife and kids and I'm sponsored, for them to have the stamp officially in the passport, medical insurance has to be in place for them as well. 
Yes. So uh, let me perhaps take a step back and set out the legal framework in terms of uh, the health insurance coverage in the UE in general. Uh, So just uh, at a high level, um, and by way of reminder to those who perhaps or uh, who don't remember or don't know, the UAE is uh, it's it's a state that has a federal state that has seven emirates. Uh, so with regards to the health insurance, uh, health insurance is regulated at both levels, at the federal level and uh, at the emirate-based level in one way or another. So with regards to, let me just kind of start with the emirate-based level because it's a little more perhaps um, well-established. So there's two specific emirates uh, that have had health insurance as part of their regulatory framework for a number of years. And those two emirates are Dubai and Abu Dhabi. In fact, Abu Dhabi historically led the way uh, with regards to health insurance and required for all residents and for companies in particular to sponsor, uh, who sponsor their employees. And in the past, basically, all employees were sponsored by their companies uh, to provide health insurance to their employees and also that for sponsors to provide health insurance to their dependents. So Abu Dhabi had had that uh, law at uh, the Abu Dhabi level for as long as I've been here in the UAE, which has been <laughs> quite a number of years by now. Uh, and then perhaps about seven or eight years ago, uh, if my memory serves me right, uh, uh, Dubai or Russia, 2013 was the first, uh, so it's 10 years now. In 2013, Dubai introduced the law uh, that um, required also introduced the requirement of health insurance into the system. So let me actually be a little more specific. So in Abu Dhabi, uh, it was in 2005, and that's law number 23 of 2005 regarding health insurance in Abu Dhabi. Uh, and so that's the main law as far as Abu Dhabi is concerned. And that law was further clarified by virtue of regulations that were issued in a year later. And that's the Executive Council decision number 25 of 2006 regarding uh, executive regulations to the, their health insurance law. So that's in terms of legal <clears throat> resource or legal authority in Abu Dhabi, um, the, the requirement of health insurance and the legal and legislative framework was introduced uh, in 2005. Uh, then in 2013, uh, Dubai followed suit and introduced its own law, and that was law number 11 of 2013, and that's called the Dubai Health Insurance Law, if you will. And then in uh, just recently, in fact, last year, Dubai issued uh, additional administrative decision number, what's called uh, number 78 of 2022, regarding executive regulations to that same health insurance law. So the main law was introduced in 2013, and then last year, uh, nine years later, further regulations were uh, introduced to add on to the main law in Dubai. So in summary, as things stand today, Dubai and Abu Dhabi are the two emirates where health insurance is actually specifically at an emirate-based level is expressly stated in the law as being a requirement for all residents in the UAE. Uh, and um, so that's these are the two emirates I can tell you today where, legally speaking, health insurance is required for all residents. So the other emirates, and those are the Ras Sharjah, Ajman, Amal Kuwain, they have not, uh, they don't have similar laws, at least that we're aware of, um, that uh, make health insurance specifically a requirement or set out some kind of a legislative framework for those emirates. Uh, and um, uh, require sponsors or companies, for example, to provide health insurance to their employees. However, 
at a federal level, if you take it higher up, as I mentioned earlier, there is this, uh, the, the new, well, for, I guess, for in, in the interest of efficiency, we'll call it the UAE immigration law. Uh, and that's the law on re- residency. So this is the federal law. This is the law, by uh, way of reminder, that introduced uh, various types of visas, which is quite, has been quite, um, an exciting legislative uh, authority because it has introduced so many different types of visas into the UAE labor market and and for the UAE economy, uh, and it has been a much celebrated law. Uh, so this is the law, for example, that introduced the golden visas, the green visas, the probation visas, uh, uh, the various family visas, the multiple tourist visas. And you and I have done multiple podcasts on the uh, various types of residencies and various types of visas based on this very law. And also I've done a number of uh, of uh, dedicated uh, social media updates uh, for the various types of visas because there are so many and they have been so popular and so be- and been so celebrated because they have been of such great benefit and utility to so many people out there and obviously the country has at least in in, in my experience has seen tremendous benefits of of having these visas um, uh, made available and now being sort of veiled uh, and um, seeing so much more investment coming into the country and perhaps the, la- the labor market in itself becoming a lot more um, uh, robust because there's there are that many more options now for various types of professionals to stay and live in the UAE without having that previously existing sort of dependency relationship, uh, which... Um, had existed in the UE perhaps from from the beginning of uh, the formation of the country until about a year ago. Mm. Uh, so uh, so therefore, this uh, as we go through the process in this discussion, I just want to set out that general legal framework in terms of uh, which emirates um, have which laws. So when we say it's required, certainly as far as Dubai is concerned, Abu Dhabi, yes, health insurance is required. Uh, with regards to um, other emirates, um, uh, technically speaking, yes, all those residents who live in other emirates also required to have health insurance. Whether that's being uh, enforced and how it's being enforced at the immigration level remains to be seen. Uh, but in places like Dubai and Abu Dhabi, because they've had the, their own laws uh uh, so much longer, there are now different mechanisms that have been built in into the system uh, that uh, act as enforcement of uh, in, of application of this law. Uh, for example, as I mentioned earlier, if um, if I if I work in Dubai, uh, for all those companies, for example, that are based in Dubai, whenever they apply for the employees for residence visa for their employees, they have to present the evidence of health insurance to the authorities as part of the application. For example, when you submit the employee's passport copies and um, and certificates of their educational certificates and your copies of their uh, pictures and whatever the whole part, pile of application that you submit in order to apply for the visa. As part of it, you also need to submit a copy of health insurance. Yeah. Why it's important is because actually a lot of people don't know about it. And a lot of, and we still to this day hear a lot of comments from employees saying, hey, my company did not provide me with health insurance. My company didn't uh, give me health insurance. Well, if if they work in Dubai, their health insurance has to be there, and it has to be there uh, by virtue of this sort of built-in mechanism, automa- automatic mechanism that ensures that, that all employees have uh, health insurance. So whatever it is, it must be in place. So if you've been, if you're not aware, or you think you don't have health insurance, 
if you have a Dubai visa or an Abu Dhabi visa, you do. And it might be the case that your company's just not told you because you're not going to use it. Premiums won't go up. Whatever the reason might be. Exactly. And I, I'm trying to figure out a way perhaps to, to ex- explain how it is that so many employees uh, living, especially in these two Emirates, would believe that they don't have a visa uh, or not a visa, that they don't have health insurance coverage. Because as long as they have a visa, they must have this health insurance coverage. And my sort of I've been able to extrapolate a, perhaps a few uh, theories about what's really happening. I think on the one hand, for a lot of companies, it's uh, their PROs, the process employees visas and and so PROs do this because yeah, they they apply for um, hundreds of you know maybe dozens and hundreds of of, um, um, of residencies for different not just for that particular company perhaps but for uh, multiple companies multiple clients and they just are used to submitting this general packet of information and documents to the authorities that they don't really give much more consideration to this additional document which is called the health insurance certificate uh, for the particular employee than whatever else is in the file so for them it's just a piece of paper a, a requirement that goes into the system and because it's the PROs often that uh, process these visas that uh, companies don't really necessarily or employees of the company is not necessarily involved to that level mm-hmm. to actually update employees that, by the way, as part of your application, you've got health insurance coverage. I mean, that's one theory and one uh, one suggestion perhaps or why employees are just purely uh, just ignorant about the, um, the existence of those coverages because that communication is not being communicated to them uh, uh, through, um, through those through the proper channels. Uh, so that's one. Uh, two, it may be that even as far as some companies are concerned, the, uh, there is maybe a breakdown in communication between, let's say, the HR department and whoever it is that processes their visas and, uh, the employees. And depending on the level of the employees, they also don't really necessarily, um, appreciate uh, that the importance of sharing this information with employees. So that could also be, uh, could be a reason. Uh, and then I think maybe a third, uh, a third reason, a theory is that people think that, well, this is just, this is because a lot of these certificates is like, it's called the, the minimum is this basic coverage, for example. This actually, and we can talk about it separately. Uh, and this basic coverage called the essential benefit plan. It's sort of like a standard uh, health insurance that's covered and being provided by the insurance companies. And so they think, oh, well, this is just, is we just pay X amount of money per year just to tick the box in terms of the requirement, and it doesn't actually really cover very much. So, and this because of that, they believe that they don't really need to explain or or, or uh, let their employees know that they've got this coverage because they don't think this coverage means very much. Okay, but if you want to live in Dubai or Abu Dhabi, you have to have health insurance. And whether you're aware or not, you're stating now that you do have it and it has to be the case to get the visa stamp in your passport. Here in Dubai, the law applies to mainland companies, it applies to free zone companies, and it applies to the Dubai International Financial Center Free Zone. I think I'm right in stating. And it's all codified under the Dubai Health Insurance Law, you mentioned that, and the, the regulations, the executive regulations of that law. 
Well, if you want to talk about Dubai, and it's interesting because we recently um, uh, did a little more, perhaps uh, kind of bolstered our research on health insurance laws and regulations in in Dubai. And in short, we have identified an order of about 120 different regulations, um, the laws, uh, regulations, directives, circulars, notices, and guidelines um, uh, issued with uh, by the various authorities in Dubai in connection with health insurance. So as far as Dubai is concerned, it's a very robust legal framework. Uh, and uh, there's so many... Um, and these legislative and legal authorities to rely on uh, with regards to health insurance industry, right? Because it's not just about the health insurance, uh, insurance requirement, or but it's also for the health insurance companies themselves, for the health insurance providers, uh, for um, uh, for hospitals, uh, for submission of claims. So each one of these aspects of this health insurance, perhaps industry, is regulated. Uh, by a variety of laws. And so in Dubai, as I said, it's, you, we, we have at least 120. Uh, and there is, for example, a specific um, law or, or a resolution in Dubai that sets out uh, fees and penalties regarding health insurance coverage. So a spe- specific re- regulation, uh, resolution that regulates uh, penalties or, and fees uh, for health insurance. And that's uh, Executive Council Resolution Number Seven of 2016, so has been around uh, for quite some time. Uh, also, there is the um, uh, there is the Executive Council Resolution Number Sixteen of 2013 regarding health insurance uh, for Dubai government employees. That's just you know another another legislative authority. And there is another one, the Resolution Number Seventeen. Uh, of 2018 regarding entities subject to the Dubai Health Authority and their um, and their uh, competence. Uh, so and then perhaps as as I mentioned earlier, the one of the later one of the most recent ones is this decree number eight of 2022 regarding the application of the Dubai Health Insurance Law in the Dubai Healthcare City. So as as far as Dubai is concerned, there's a lot to draw. Uh, from and to draw on. And I have to tell you, um, one of, and this is also one of the reasons why I wanted, and I thought it was kind of timely to talk about this specific topic, is because uh, the law is, has been around for a long time, and the law is unequivocal in its uh, sort of mandatory application. And also the penalties that apply are pretty severe. And yet, we hear over and over and over again, oh, my company didn't give me uh, health insurance. Oh, I don't have health insurance. And I just sort of <laughs> sit and scratch my head and w- wonder, like, how could it still be the case? Uh, and um, I think uh, maybe perhaps sharing this with the greater public and educating that uh, uh, about so not just the existence of the law, but, uh, but also uh, perhaps the penalties, sharing particular sh- penalties and consequences – uh, of the breach of this law mm. uh, is also equally important. I mean, that, that's really interesting to me because what you've said in the last 10 minutes is if you live in Abu Dhabi or Dubai, you have health insurance. You do. You just do. To get the visa stamped, you need it. And yet people think they don't. And it's incumbent upon the sponsor, isn't it? The employer, the sponsor to provide it. That's how it is. Yeah. And so that, that brings me to an, uh, a, a good question, perhaps to sort of phrase it uh, even more uh, in a more specific way. And that's, you know, who does the requirement apply to? 
So who does it apply to? Okay, fine. In the context of employees, as, as I've mentioned, so employees are uh, are basically by default, especially employees in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, by default covered by health insurance. And there is uh, an enforcement mechanism to ensure that companies actually provide health insurance to the employees, although, as we know, people are not aware of it. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so employees, so generally speaking, the requirement of providing health insurance lies with the sponsor. So this is an important uh, point because um, until recently, the sponsor was more or less, we had limited the sponsors. You had the um, the company that would sponsor uh, or you had uh, the family member that would uh, act as a sponsor and sponsor its dependents, right? So basically, those are two types of sponsorship. Now with this new residency visa or new immigration visa in the UAE, there's a lot of different types of sponsorship, different types of visas and such. So, but still at the high level, the requirement for, uh, for health insurance lies on the sponsor. So let's say in the case of employees, employees who are sponsored by their companies, the obligation to provide health insurance is on the company. Uh, for all those family members who sponsor their um, their dependents, their family members, and the obligation is on the sponsor, i.e., the main family member. Uh, and or, for example, if you're a resident here and you're sponsoring tourists uh, or visitors into the UAE, once again, because you are considered to be the sponsor, also the obligation is on that party to make sure that the health insurance is provided, uh, and. Even more notably in the context of golden visas, because what is a golden visa, right? Or a green visa for that matter. It's a self-sponsorship, right? So you're sponsoring yourself. So who is the sponsor? You are the sponsor. So this is very important because it's clear at present that that is not yet, um, is not yet perhaps known or understood by many uh, golden visa holders. And that is as part of, and this is by law. Uh, by law, but perhaps not so much sort of yet enforced by the, the system. Uh, and that is, as a holder of golden visa, you are required to have health insurance. Uh, and you're in, uh, required because you are your own sponsor, so you are considered as a sponsor, so it's your requirement. And the laws, in particular, the residency laws, specifically state that that's one of the one of the requirements to um, qualify for, for example, golden visa is to have health insurance uh, coverage. Although, uh, the, from what we've seen so far, that's not yet enforced. So in other words, when you apply for golden visa, the authorities, the immigration authorities do not ask you to prove or to show them a copy of your health insurance as part of the application. So okay. that, so the enforcement part we have not quite seen yet, but perhaps it's just a matter of time because this is fairly new, uh, new types of visa and new, obviously, um, uh, law. Uh, so, but that is one interesting example is that, um, a lot of golden visa holders might have these golden visas because they're so popular and they may actually not have health insurance just yet uh, because they're not aware that it's actually by law mandatory. Furthermore, and this is quite important, there's another level down to it, is that as a whole golden visa holder, one of the greatest benefits of golden visa, in addition for being self-sponsorship and for 10 years, is that you can sponsor a variety of your family members. And there's a lot more flexibility now in terms of who you can sponsor than existed before. So you can sponsor your parents, you can 
happens with children. Uh, so, and, uh, irrespective of the age and, um, and because one of the other benefits, there's so many great benefits of a golden visa as I go through this, I'm reminded, but again, we've done these dedicated podcasts uh, recordings on, on golden visas specifically, but one of the other benefits for many people is that there isn't this requirement of having to come back into the country every six months. So therefore this really works for a lot of people who, for, for, who, for example, have, uh, uh, who uh, live here and have family members who live nearby, let's say in India and Pakistan and you know, in, in the GCC, uh, and who come to visit every so often, but um, um, not, not necessarily maybe even every six months. Uh, so now when you, if you live here in the UAE and you have golden visas, so a lot of these golden visa holders are sponsoring their family members because it's it's easier to do and there isn't this requirement of renewing every two or three years and so on and so forth. So uh, what we've seen is this an increase of golden visa holders sponsoring their family members. Mm. So, but as part of it, and it's actually quite a, a fast process as well. Uh, but uh, many of them are not aware that they actually have to provide by law, they have to provide health insurance to all of their uh, family members. So let's say if you have mom and dad living in Oman or Kuwait and you live here, and as long as your your dependents, technically speaking, in terms of the law, they also, so you as a sponsor required to provide them with health insurance. Uh, so that's just, you know, that's just how um, the law is structured and that, you know, that also applies, for example, in the context of um, hiring domestic employees as well. They are your responsibility. You are their sponsor. You're supposed to provide them with health insurance. Uh, so um, that's kind of overall uh, the um, perhaps the uh, the order of things in terms of who is responsible. There's one more nuance to this is that we this question comes up quite often because now so, so many more employees are now self-sponsored on their own golden visas, but yet they work for a company. So the question is like, well, who has the obligation to provide health insurance in that case? Mm. So if uh, you work for me and you have your own golden visa uh, as a company, am I obligated to provide you with the health insurance or is the obligation on the sponsor and not the employer necessarily? And in short, what we've been able to um, uh, to extrapolate from all the laws is that the obligation does still lie with the sponsor, not the employer. So for example, if you work for me and um, you, are, you have your own golden visa, you are required to have your own health insurance i am not obligated to provide you with one although you work for me uh, so and that's by law now uh, certainly by contract i can offer you one and uh, and we're seeing more of that now that more employees are going onto their golden visas the company is still has still provide them with uh, or offer them as a benefit health insurance as part of their corporate plan. Okay. I mean, lots of golden visa holders are thought to, in, in the original case of the golden visa, which is just a 10-year visa, it was people who've made a, or, or have been seen to make a contribution to the country, to the economy. And I guess lots of those people were employed. So under the the way things were, they were provided with health insurance. But we, we may be seeing a shift slightly away from that. Is that what you're kind of intimating? Well, at least in legal terms, yes. So um, I will tell you even from from a lot of of practical experience from uh, from our own practice and uh, on behalf of our clients, we've seen this shift. A lot of more companies are asking now, listen, a lot of our employees are now wanting to go on their own golden visa because it gives them sort of the sense of freedom and, and for other reasons as well. It's just more beneficial for many people to have their own golden visa if they qualify. So... 
uh, how does that affect us as a company? Mm. Uh, so, and obviously one perhaps uh, benefit of the company is like, oh, okay, well, I don't have to pay for the health insurance. Um, the, the fact is that for a lot of companies, health insurance, is a, it's a group plan, uh, especially bigger companies, they have a plan. And whether they have uh, 10 people or 20 people in terms of premiums and packages, they can actually benefit from better coverage if they have more people included in their plan. Uh, so for a lot of companies, the expense, the additional expense is fairly marginal. Uh, so this is all very much still history in the making. We're seeing this develop and evolve before our eyes. So uh, too early to tell which way the trend will shift. But in the meantime, I would say... Um, I, I would imagine that it wouldn't won't really change much of a dynamic in terms of the company's responsibility or, or at least wanting to offer that benefit uh, by default as part of their group plan uh, nonetheless uh, but certainly for all those but you, but you know I will tell you also but for all those uh, golden visa holders also as part of it may be that they just want to have their own policy because uh, it's easier to control the policy. It's, uh, you know, it's sort of, the, you know, maybe they want to uh, be able to have a choice of, of what kind of policy they uh, have. But this is also important because we've perhaps to dispel some rumors. We've heard this over and over again. It's like, well, I'm not required to, I'm not allowed to have two insurance. So if you have your, if your golden visa, you have your own, let's say basic insurance, you still can have an add-on insurance to your company. Sure. And so, uh, we've heard from many that somehow they're being told by either insurance companies or whoever employers that they're not allowed to have two health, uh, two health insurance coverage. That is not true. They are allowed. Obviously, you cannot double dip. You cannot get the same claim covered twice uh, by different insurance providers, but certainly you can uh, use them to complement coverage uh, between your own private insurance and your corporate insurance. There's not an insurance company on earth that wouldn't take your business, let's be uh, completely honest. And so, as you would expect in a market of the size of Dubai, there are lots and lots of different policies, group plans, there's a lot to choose from. I, I think we should point that out. What I'm interested in is if you don't communicate to an employee or a person that you sponsor that they have like, uh, medical insurance, what kinds of penalties apply? So, <clears throat> interesting, the penalties are um, varied and kind of really depends on the underlying offense. But perhaps uh, before we go into the penalties, I can uh, delve into a little bit about the sort of the basic coverage. So sure. and that's and that's for all those who think that they don't have uh, health insurance because they're not being told so uh, mm. who are sponsored by their companies for example but they're being told that they don't have health insurance and it's because they have this sort of this minimal uh, health insurance certificate so they they in most cases they believe that they are not covered at all because their PRO agents or whoever it is at the company just did not mention didn't bother to mention that they uh, have this sort of health insurance co- certificate because they think it does not amount to very much. Just before you go into uh, the different types of coverage, I just wanted to state a PRO is a loosely the, the guy or the, the the person who runs around doing the visa, the bureau, bureaucratic stuff, and I th- it means public relations employee uh, officer. Yes, yeah. so so basically, officer, yes, yeah. the yes, the acronym stands for public relations um, officer. It's not really uh, necessarily some sort of an official term, though uh, historically that's how it started. The, right. There was a specific term called the PRO, uh, but it basically applies for someone who works with the government authorities uh, and gets paperwork processed with government authorities. And historically, there's actually 
a specific des designation that was especially reserved for UE nationals uh, in terms of being able to approach government authorities and represent companies in front of government authorities. Uh, so there was actually a specific card called the PRO card. Uh, but that's kind of the, the original, perhaps, uh, sort of form of the PRO officer. With time, that evolved and became just various employees of the companies uh, who just represent the company before uh, government authorities who, who actually had the, the ability to represent or had the skills to represent and they also called that same term so we call this it's now it's a little more generic yeah. than it was before it's, it's interesting actually because you and i have been here long enough to remember the days when the pros were seen as i don't know they were like magicians they were like wizards they knew exactly who to go to what time to go there and could always get the right piece of paper signed it's less like that now because much of the government machinations are now online but these were respected uh, figures Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not sure if this is uh, true or not, but I will perhaps share it just for, uh, for fun. Uh, an anecdote that was given to me when I moved here by a local partner uh, and sort of business partner and a friend who said that um, the reason so the PRO system was kind of created the way it was created is because before the UAE became as one united country, uh, each emirate ultimately, these tribes, they had their own military. And so when they've decided to become one country, so you didn't need to have military personnel in every emirate. So they've consolidated the military forces. There was a lot of these former military employees that, and, uh, that were basically left without jobs. And so they've, but because so many of them, uh, were part of ultimately the government system here. So it just made naturally more sense for them to uh, become the representatives on behalf of the companies with the authorities. So that's, and back then, as you rightfully said, back in the old days, it was a lot more necessary mm. uh, to rely on them because everything was done manually. You had to walk and uh, and, and submit documents uh, in hard copies, kind of the old-fashioned way. So at that point, like without PROs, you basically were like fish out of water. Uh, so they're really, truly necessary. These days, I mean, I think perhaps 90% of what we do these days in terms of just this kind of the same paperwork and administrative is all online. So their role is has been perhaps reduced to more strategic, more uh, kind of nuanced issues and less uh, just these mundane visa renewals and health insurance uh, renewals and such. We like to hold codgers talking about the old days here. You realize that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, yeah. it's, it's interesting to, to make that point, I think. That pretty much wraps it up, Ludmilla. Uh, no, one more point about essential benefits, and it's for all of those oh, who have yeah. just basic health insurance coverage, because there's a lot of people think, oh, I just, I don't have any insurance. And as I said earlier, even if you have like a health um, certificate, uh, it's the, it is a form of health insurance coverage. And that health insurance coverage, by the way, is called under the Dubai law, it's called the essential benefits plan. So it actually has a name, a specific name. And uh, just to be more, even more specific, the law says the basic coverage is, in, there's a definition for basic coverage, right? The basic coverage is the minimum health benefits res resolved to be provided to the resident in accordance with the resolution issued uh, under the law. And this is called the essential benefits plan. And under the essential benefits uh, plan, it specifies basically the bare, the bare minimum benefits and coverage, uh, which every health insurance plan in Dubai must include. Okay, must include. So this is not uh, subject for debate. And under this essential benefits plan, for example, it automatically applies to all residents in Dubai whose salaries are 4,000 dirhams or less. 
Okay, so it automatically applies. And this, uh, the annual, in terms of the coverage, the annual aggregate claim limit for the essential benefits plan is 150,000 dirhams, uh, per year. So for example, let, in other words, it covers the, um, it covers uh, claims up to 150,000 dirhams a year under this, uh, health insurance claims, that is. And it covers basic tests, diagnosis, treatments uh, within Dubai. Uh, so this is important. So it covers all kind of basic tests and diagnosis and treatment uh, within Dubai uh, and possibly um, other Emirates, depending on the insurance, as well as emergencies uh, and the emer- emergency medical treatments in all Emirates. In other words, if you have, if you're a resident in Dubai, uh, and sponsored by the company, then you will have had this, so this essential coverage, uh, plan, or it's called essential benefits plan, and therefore, um, you will have coverage. But, you know, this coverage does give you access to sort of more limited, uh, provide a set of pro- providers, um, uh, and, uh, a little more limited sort of types of coverage. So you can't go to any hospital. There's, uh, specific ho- hospitals that are included, but they are certainly, there are certainly minimal benefits and certainly emergencies are covered uh, under the law. That's another episode of Logical Health Insurance here in the UAE, an overview, really a catch up, if you like. Essentially, it's the law and you need it. And it is most likely in place, particularly if you're uh, employed, working, have a visa here in Dubai uh, or in Abu Dhabi as well. As always, thank you for listening. And thank you to our legal expert, as ever, managing partner here at Yamal Ever and Plethka, Ludmilla Yavalva. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Find us at LY Law, social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok for the first time today, live, uh, LinkedIn. You can find all of our huge, ever-growing podcast library at lylawyers.com as well. Uh, and if you'd like a legal question answered in a future logical episode, or you want to talk to a qualified UE experienced legal professional, click contact at lylawyers.com. <laughs>